Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Oh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, it's, it's just despite what was a pretty boring uh, pretty boring game to watch on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm well nonetheless. Yeah, City City tweet out each week, uh, where in the world are you watching the game from? And I, I, I always take offence by the fact they stop at Brisbane as the 1am and I'm like, mate, there are people up watching this game. Like, oh, well, I, I should say I, I didn't stay up to watch the game. I actually responded to their tweet this week saying, yeah, from Sydney with a uh, snoozing face, which was definitely what ended up happening. I, was, I think I fell asleep about 1.30. Um, so in some ways I feel... Thankful that I didn't actually watch this live. Um, you, you did uh, suffer through it live. I, I caught the highlights afterwards, um, but it probably means that you're a bit better placed than me just to talk about general tone of the match. I mean, we, we saw Ebioe come into the lineup for Pelkers, who frustratingly, and we'll maybe talk about it a bit later, just you know, copped another injury midweek. Ingram the same. So we saw Darlow also making his full debut uh, and Slater came in for Longman. But, but what, was the, what was the general vibe of the match? Um, it was real weird because, like, it was sort of like Bristol started real good and they had a really good chance real early, but we also seemed to be, you know, pushing and getting in behind and created a few um, early opportunities. One where, you know, made me think Abby Alley was 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 on on song on the night. You know, I I talked to you off air, but um, you know, he, in the corner and had two defenders on him and skinned them both and then ran into the box. And I thought, you know, here we go. This is what we've been waiting to see from him. But he sort of produced that in a few sporadic patches throughout the match. Um, and his performance was pretty well highlighted by a lack of defensive awareness or effort or something. Just seeing that once it was past him, he sort of wasn't interested apart from, I think, might have been whether it was the second half when he was closer to Rosinia maybe or the or the first half, but those seemed unless someone was screaming, careful. screaming yeah. in here, <laughs> was, wasn't tracking back too much. But um, look, it was I think it was one of those ones where we were under a lot of pressure for long periods of the game, and we were you know McLaughlin and and Jones were outstanding again, and we held them at bay really really well. Darlow with a couple of good saves, a couple one or two, one particularly that ended up quite lucky that he spilled and then recovered enough to, to, I think, end up going out for a corner. But, um, yeah, it was just – but there was lots of um, – yeah, I'm sort of all over tra- track. But it seemed like a few players were a bit under their regular, like, levels of performance. I think I was talking to Doherty was, I thought, a bit poor. Simons was good again in that, um, you know – deep-lying playmaker role. Simons was good. Um, again, I thought, yeah, Doherty was a bit, seemed like he was a bit, yeah, a bit leggy or something. He just wasn't quite on. He was getting out-muscled and he wasn't, his driving runs weren't anywhere near as effective as they sometimes were. Um, what do we got? Greaves, I mean, Greaves and Christie were fine in the, in like the, I think all the defenders were, were, were good. Like defensively, you know, it was a penalty which, was it a penalty? I was going to say, was it a penalty? <laughs> I mean, I sort of looked at it and I thought my first instinct was, first of all, is it even a penalty uh, by the laws of handball where he's not really making himself bigger? His hands basically 
by his side or in front of his chest? And then second of all, is it even in the box? Yeah, look, I didn't think it was a, like, I, I didn't actually, it, it, I haven't had a good look at it since, uh, yeah, it was about 3.30 or something, 3.40 on Sunday morning. Um, but I, I didn't really think it was a penalty, um, you know, at live live speed. It didn't really seem like anything. Um, you watch the replays, and I, it's. I think it does hit his hand, but again, I'm sort of like, eh, like, it's one of those like, you know, you you go take the old school like, was it ball to hand or hand to ball like a, you know, quasi analytics of the um, scenario. And then he's right on the edge of the box. I don't think his hand's in the box, um, which means it shouldn't be a penalty. It should be a free kick. If it is if it is a handball, it's, I think it should have been a free kick on just on the edge of the box. I don't think it was a handball in the box. Um, but it's one of those. It's, it got called. I I think I'm, I'm not opposed to it being given as a free kick. I'm a maybe a bit upset. I probably have to watch it again, but I'm probably a bit sad. I would say free kick or like making the call, fair enough. I don't think penalty was the right call for it though. Um, but but apart from that, right, and so they, they get the penalty. They had a couple, they had a few good chances, but generally I think we, act like it was, it was very well heading probably for another nil all, um, apart from, you know, them getting lucky enough to get awarded, awarded a pen. I, everything pretty much everything they threw at us we handled pretty well um and then even we even had a couple of decent late chances Tede hit the post and there was a bit of a scramble in the box and um that almost had me up and screaming in the (laughs) early wee hours of the morning but um i thought he was really good when he came on Tede made his every just i just yeah I'm very disappointed that he went, that he got himself that three-match suspension because I think I, I look at the impact he has when he comes off the bench, when he's involved, and when he's playing, and you go like, you know, I just look and I go, there's you know extra points that we probably would have got had he been available in some of those those three games that he missed because um, he, yeah, we looked a lot more dangerous with those changes that were made when he came on. Um, and I think Longman at the same time, uh, but yeah, it was a, it, it's hard. I, yeah, really, realistically it was, it's pretty boring to watch for long periods, a little bit of interest and excitement pretty much from the penalty on. Um, but I think, yeah, look, probably, probably, I mean, I'm just disappointed that we, that we lost. Cause I thought at the very, it probably should have been a nil all. And at the very least, like we probably deserve, Teddy probably deserved to to be able to knock to get that couple of inches to the left and in the bottom corner and make it one all. Um, to get his first city goal, yeah, he still hasn't well, um, I just, scored for us. Yeah, yeah, I just don't think we deserve really deserve to lose. I thought, you know, that we were so resolute defensively and so strong, and then, you know, like I losing one nil to a penalty is the, probably the shittest way to lose a game. Like I, they didn't really break you down and beat you you they you know they They want a technicality basically yeah Yeah. they they pretty much just like smash the ball in towards the box and it's bounced into someone's hand and you're like 
as as yeah. Bristol City supporters, I'm sure um, the saying applies of you know London buses. You wait for so long for one to come along, and then all of a sudden two come along because mm. they'd gone something like 450 yeah, days without a penalty that. and got one last week and get one this yeah. week. So I did hear that they said something like it was 430 days or something since they yeah. had a penalty, and then they got one the week before against was it Sunderland or something? Yeah, Maybe? I think so. Yeah, and then yeah, then again, again against us, uh, but. Um, yeah, Traore as well. Um, first appearance for us. Um, what did you make yeah. of that? Um, yeah, look, he it was good to see. I think it the, the main thing is he was in contention, he came on, he got a run at, at you know championship pace and didn't look out of pace, looked rusty, um, but tried to get involved, didn't really have too many touches. Um, and of those, not any that were super meaningful. But, you know, again, you go, he's been out for over a year or something yeah. and then, like, played a couple of maybe only 90 minutes or something for the under-21s over a couple of stints to then come in and play 20, 15 minutes or something. Um, did fine, I think. You know, he'll good better for the run and um, good. I'm looking forward to seeing him build on that in the in the coming games. Yeah, um, I guess I guess from the negatives, we sort of t- you, you touched on it at the start of your um, your comments there. Ebioa, mm-hmm. um, Eb- Eb- I'm, I'm never going to get that name right. Um, we were, we're cutting him a lot of slack in his first few appearances, saying maybe he's not up to match fitness. Maybe he's just sort of getting up to speed with um, the way of things. Um, it is starting to become a point of uh, questioning his mentality perhaps i don't know if that's too harsh sort of i guess as you were saying it's more about his defensive um, efforts and or lack thereof mm. um my worry i suppose is that rosenia was pushing so hard for him to be recruited is it almost going to become a point of pride's probably the wrong word but i wonder if rosenia is going to be a bit resistant to dropping him or, or and, and look maybe he's not because we saw that he did come off at about 60 minutes um in this game um, but I'd be very interested to see if he's in the starting 11 um, come this Friday night slash Saturday morning. Yeah, look, I'd be um, I'd be pretty surprised if he was. I don't think his performance uh, warranted a second start. Um, like I, I think it's it's we've talked about it a lot with with different things, but just like effort is what we've is the minimum. And I think even Rosinha said, is, is saying like all he, he just wants effort. He wants the players to put in. If you don't win, you know, if you scrap, scrape out a nil or draw, whatever, but as long as everyone's putting hundred percent effort into the match, then he'll be satisfied. And he said after this, he wasn't, that wasn't the case um, with, with a few players. Um, and I think Ebio is certainly one of those. I, I sort of, I'm wondering about whether this was a, like one of those, you know, we approached for the loan and he was like, well, I don't really want to go to to Hull City. And Crystal Palace went, well, you're not going to get any game time here, so you're going to go somewhere. And he went, oh, I guess. Well, and- it, it's interesting, though, because there was all the reported interest from QPR, which is another London club. And you think if if that was that interest, and it do, it did seem as if we beat off a few clubs to get his, um, his signature. Mm. So you think he's chosen to come here to work with Rosenia, similar to Connolly. And you look at Connolly's attitude compared to mm. Abioe's and it's sort of miles apart. And you, you do have to think, is it maybe that he's just come up to Hull and he's gone, this is so far north. What have I got mm. myself into? This is this is not really what I envisaged it as being. And he's 
and, and look, this could all be over speculation and mm. he could just be settling in. It could be other issues. I don't know. But it just seems like you think we originally, everything seemed to really uh, lined up well in January, really organised. We, we got to the 1st of January. Basically, we'd already, um, I can't remember if it was the 1st, but it was pretty early in January that we, we got Connolly across the line. There was all the, the links to EBOA at that point. He got injured. It ended up being end of January that we got him. We're now 1st of March. You're thinking, and season's basically over for us. I mean, mm. not mathematically, of course, but but basically over for us. And you think, well, what? And I know, for instance, as well, there was all the talk of potentially him coming back next year for a full season loan as well. Um, mm. So you think he's not only playing for his his experience and development this year, it's for another loan next year. It's presumably, I mean, Palace wouldn't be impressed with the displays so far mm. either. So it's it's not as if he can just sort of brush off a, a six-month loan mm. where he doesn't really achieve much. So it's a real head-scratcher in terms of what, what ends up happening. Yeah, look, I, there's a, there must be something, I don't know whether it, whether it is something as simple as, you know, a bit being homesick or something, you know, maybe it's the first time away from, you know, from, from the city, um, or something, but um, whatever it is, I'm sure they're working on it. But like, he's got to sort it out because I just I think the just the the, the effort is just to, is what's not been there. And I think like everything else will come if you just if he just puts the effort in. And maybe I mean I don't know. Maybe he's maybe that's he, he he's showing his his effort, and it's just showing a I don't know a level of naivety about you know, the, the rigors of the championship or, or like what's expected at, or at this, you know, at a senior level or whatever, because. But that's what I find so weird is because he, he, he has played championship before for Derby. He mm. played half a season for them last season, literally. Mm. So it's not like he's coming into a new league. Mm. It's just, and, and that was like, a, that was a relegation fight. So it's not even as if he's not used to playing in a team that's not winning every week. So mm. I don't know. Yeah. It's a very weird one. Um, I guess the other one in terms of potentially questioning effort, maybe not so much effort, maybe more fitness, was um, Tufan also went off at about 60 minutes. Um, we, I think it might have been the Preston game where we saw him play 90 minutes, but otherwise very rarely, if ever, plays the 90 for Rosinha. Um yeah, That's another interesting one that I'm sort of keeping an eye on because it seems like, well, not only is he not really playing Tufan in that sort of central midfield role, he's playing a bit further wide or... Um, a bit more of an attacking role, which doesn't feel like his natural position. But he's yeah, he's not also getting the confidence of of a ninety minute uh, performance. Mm. So, um, sense from you in terms of um, Rosenia's attitude or or um, assessment of Tufan? Look, I thought Tufan against Preston was really good for large yeah. periods that game. I thought he was quite impressive and involved in some really good stuff and made some you know got on the ball and made some good runs into the you know into the attacking third. It sort of felt like, I don't know, maybe it was just one of those games where, because there was a few other players off, you, you know, like Doherty was, a, I mentioned, was a bit like off the boil. And so maybe it was one of those where, because the midfield was off, we weren't able to then like play, like get the ball out um, in a useful way for him. You know, he just had limited opportunities. But yeah, I think, I'm, I'm not sure, it just wasn't quite as effective or, or you know, maybe they done, did their homework and they just knew to be, you know, much tighter on him or something, but um, yeah, look, I think, I think the 90 minute, his 90 minute performance last week, like in, if you're just talking on levels of effort, you know, st again, like miles away, miles ahead of every hour, 
Like he mm. busted himself for 90 minutes last week and he still did try really hard this week. I, I wouldn't, uh, I don't, I don't, at, at this point, you know, there was a few uh, periods of time early, early in the season where you were questioning his attitude and questioning his commitment, but I don't really see that in his performances lately. I think whatever was going on, um, you know, that, the, the manager changes and all those sorts of things, that's all seems to have settled and he's working, obviously got, you know, he's getting, I think he's got a, seems to have a decent relationship now that's all sort of settled. Um, I'm just wondering whether, you know, because I know last week he'd come out and spoken about the the earthquakes and, and things and whether that had sort of like, he'd, he'd sort of hyped himself up, um, you know, last week whether there's you know follow on fr- from that with the the cleanup and all that that has that it, that impacted him through the week or something or what I don't know or you know it, that sort of thing and connected to those sorts of things would be so emotionally draining and trying to manage that and you know and your training and your football career and everything at the same time would be um, I couldn't even imagine how to manage you know that 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 many emotions and stay you know stay stay focused i suppose on on kicking a ball around a uh yeah. grass rectangle but um yeah i don't really i think two fans i think he's been good the last few appearances um in terms of effort and i mean last week product as well this week not so much but um i'd, I'd be happy for him happy enough for him to start or come off the bench whatever however he feels um yeah. 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 Oh, it's it's certainly gonna be interesting over the off season. I think there's gonna be a few decisions on players. I think two fans certainly, as you say, um, seems to have settled in quite well now with Rosinha. Um I, I will be curious to see um if you then if you can start stringing a few more uh, ninety minute performances mm-hmm. together. Um and sort of how that eventuates. Um, might move on then and get your three, two, one votes for this one, and I'll uh, I'll give mine, which were very very heavily influenced by the highlight package. I hadn't even thought about this. I thought about it when I was watching the game, but I've forgotten what I was thinking at the time. Um, and I'm trying not to like look over at my other monitor to see your votes because I don't want to just go, oh, those are good ones. Um, three points all right so i did talk about the how good the defense was um and they were really really good but i think i'm actually going to give three points to tete for how influential he was when he came on the park i thought the dynamic of our attack changed so much and he was able to help hold up and actually connect you know, a long ball forward, connect back with the midfield and, you know, with the wingers and actually build some play up, which sort of hadn't happened while he wasn't on the on the field. So I'm going to give three points to Tete. I'm going to... I'm going to give two points to Jones um, for a solid... Just I think it's been one of those things where both Jones and McLaughlin have been really, really good as a partnership for the last probably about six or eight weeks, they've been really, really solid for, for, um, and McLaughlin's been the one who's been getting lots and lots of plaudits a lot of the time. Um, so I'm just, just to try and balance it out a little bit, I think 
I'm going to give two points to Jones. And I'm going to give a point to Darlow for what was at times a little bit nervy, but a reasonably solid um, debuting goal. Um, you know, only conceded the penalty, whatever. Um, apart from that, a couple of really good saves. And even the one that was less than convincing, he still recovered enough to, to deal with. So um, I'm going to give, yeah, so 3-2-1, uh, Tete, Jones and Darlow. Yeah, nice one. Um, yeah, I went the other centre-back in that pairing for my three votes. I went McLaughlin. So, uh, yeah, sort of balancing it out between the two there. I do think, yeah, it's really interesting when you think back on, um, I suppose, even last season when McLaughlin came into the side and we started to look a lot more defensively solid. We sort of said over the off-season and it, it sort of followed with how um, the recruitment was focused much more on the attack that our defence is actually a reasonable standard for the division. Um, it was always the attack that needed more work. And and I guess that central midfield um, engine room, I suppose, to protect the back four, because certainly earlier this season, we were conceding bags of goals. Um, largely, I mean, I guess you could argue it was partly because McLaughlin was out of the side, partly because we didn't really have that midfield mix right as well a little bit. Um, so it shows we've got a really solid foundation to build from, which was... Um, on display again. Um, yeah, I went two votes for the Tete. I thought he was um, probably our most promising attacking player off the bench. We were saying before the episode, it'd be great to see if he and um, Estepinian can start up front together against West Brom uh, this Saturday morning. Um, would certainly be good to see. Um, and then I went Simons for the one vote. Um, I thought another really great display from him. Awesome to see him get back-to-back starts um, for us in the league. Um, Sarah's injury, whilst unfortunate, it's probably come at a really good time for Simons. Um, now with all this talk as well about the permanent deal as well, um, was, uh, yeah, really great. Um, cause I'm sure, I mean, he's a, he's a 19 year old kid. You, you want to talk about Ebioe's attitude where he's basically mm. been handed, you know, spots off the bench, you know, starting spot against Bristol city mm. based on not a whole lot of output. Simons has been plugging away in the reserves and mm. on the training track for half a season. Gets his gets his chance in the FA Cup. Looks brilliant. Gets his chance in the league. Looks brilliant. Like he's really seizing mm. his opportunities. So it's chalk and cheese in terms of attitudes of players. Mm. Um, and a real credit to Simons as a nineteen year old to be doing that. Yeah, is um, fantastic. Um, just one other thing I was just thinking about as you were talking about with about Darlow as well was something that was that I forgot was his distribution as well, where at times Ingram seems to do a lot of just just holding and holding and holding. There was a couple of times where Dalla got it and just, like, Mm. sent it straight away, which allowed us to actually try and break, you know, with pace in behind, um, which, you know, it didn't quite pay off, but the intent was there and they were decent balls, you know, balls to, to... Towards the you know towards the corners that got you know Eviawi or Tufan or Longman or someone like you know in in the channel chase like adjust the defence instead of you know where Ingram seems to a lot of the time just you know he takes you know his five or six seconds and then he drops it on his foot and then he plays it to Jones and then he gets it back and then he might boot it and you go well. They've you know already dropped into into their defensive shape and everything's there. So it was good to see that was really a real positive as well from Dala was just going, you know, let's try and take advantage of some of the chaos. Let's just every now and then we'll just send it and we'll try and, you know, while our wingers are high, we'll send it, we'll try and get, you know, get them on the get them on the break. So that was just 
while you're talking about Simon, something that just popped into my head that I thought was worth worth mentioning. Yeah, good chat. Um, we sort of flagged it as well um, with the mention of Pelka's start, but I thought maybe we'd talk a bit more about the injury record. And um, I'd sort of flagged, you know, the question of whether we're still, whether we actually are safe for the season. I think we are. I think I'll actually pull up, we we'll are showing the picture beforehand, um, a really good graphic that I saw from, um, I think the not the, not the top 20 boys um, shared it on Twitter the other day which, you know, basically illustrates that it's gives, giving us basically a 4% chance of relegation, less than 1% chance of the playoff places. And you've got this sort of grouping in the middle here with like no dark colouring whatsoever, basically, from Preston down to us, where you're basically saying with 12 games to come in this season, not a whole lot to play for, um, which as I sort of alluded to last week with Logan, makes for a really interesting end to the season for the podcast, um, but we will certainly do our best to to find interesting elements to be discussing each and every week. Um, but it does mean that as an interesting element to discuss, um, Rosenia flagging issues with uh, the injury record this season. And I think as Rosenia tends to do, he said it's not anyone's fault. And I think, oh, I think it's probably people's fault. I think whether it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the off season in terms of the medical staff, uh, in terms of sports scientists at the club, um, even lessons learned for Rosenia himself. You look at Ali starting back-to-back games mm. against, was it Birmingham and Wigan? And then mm. Shokara, he gets injured against Wigan. You've got Pelkas coming back from injury, playing in a behind the closed, behind closed doors friendly during the week and gets injured. Um, things like that, where you think managing minutes better, managing mm. uh, or, or, or tracking, um, I think loads. it's Liverpool or somewhat. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, the loads of the players. I think it's Liverpool have like a traffic light system where they'll basically say if a player, if a player has been playing a lot, but where, you know, based on the statistics and based on the analysis, they're actually still okay, then it's fine. But once they start getting into worrying areas in mm. terms of their bodies, like I don't know the details, but mm. I think there just needs to be more analysis done on that. I'm sure as well, the quality of the training ground, it's probably something to look into. I don't think it's the highest quality training pitch we see. We've we've had for years and years and years uh, training ground injuries. You know, James Scott, when he signed, I think twisted his ankle the day he signed. Um, Traore, another one. Um, but what's your take? What, what, Snodgrass as well? Step yeah, on a sprinkler Snod- or something? Yeah, like early yeah, years. yeah. Yeah, you know, um, all the way back to then, um, you had players constantly getting injured. Um, and we've, I think we've sort of fallen into that trap this season where, well, not trap, but you sort of look at the squad and you go, oh, well, when Ali's fit, things will be different. Mm. We'll play we'll play so well. When Pelkas is back, we'll be so good. But then by then, someone else is going to be injured. You know, Tete, well, knock on wood, doesn't happen. But, you know, Tete or someone's going to go down injured. Like Oscar's pretty much our only attacking player other than Longman, who I think himself was injured at the start of the season, mm. um, who hasn't had an injury. So um, it does seem our biggest, uh, mm. the biggest factor sort of holding us back at the moment. Yeah, I was. It has been quite a rough, uh, yeah, rough race to run with the amount of injuries we've had. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. It's, you, there, there's a point where you can say, like, you know, injuries happen and it's no one's fault. But then also, you know, we're in the the level of technology and analysis that goes into professional sport these days. Um, you know. It, even just you know from a mugs perspective like ours to say you know go like there's there's a trend here in like the amount the type the recurrence of 
these injuries that you know someone has to be someone in your team essentially has to uh, has made a mistake or there's been a judgment call that was wrong and that's like fine if you go you know he was touch and go but we didn't have anyone else so we had to play him or whatever and you're fine but like i think as you sort of touched on with like going okay we got it behind we, we play the sad day or whatever and then it's a behind closed doors friendly a few days later and you play some of these guys who probably weren't really ready or didn't even need it so much like ingram starting that and getting like a three-week injury or something i'm Mm. like why why is ingram even needing to play in that yeah what he's played 30 games or whatever like in the championship um yeah why is that that feels like a game where it should be like yeah yeah um but yeah so i think there's there's some call some things that um certainly there are questions that can deserve to be asked um and obviously rosine has sort of given a non-answer on it but um it's certainly as you sort of allude allude to something to be con- that needs to be addressed and considered and reflected on you know in i mean even now in the run into the end of the season but especially over the off season and looking at looking back and doing that review of the season and going, okay, these are the injuries we had. These are when they occurred. This was the recovery pr- process that we had recurrence on, you know, X, Y, and Z's injuries. Cause even Ali, they're like, Oh, it's a different injury to the other one, but it's like, it's a hamstring, but then it's another hamstring or something. And you're like, how is it like, yeah, yeah I'm sort of like, I think there's weird, a bit of bug passing going on with all of it. Yeah. So, so it's no one's fault and we don't know. And it was, like, it's also just like the messaging. Like when, when Ali went off injured, it was, oh, it's just precautionary. He's not actually injured. And then, mm-hmm. oh, actually it's like a six week injury. And then it's actually really more like a 10 week injury. And Pelkis, the way it was covered was, oh, it's just a one week strain. And now it's, oh, it's at least a week. And it's like, well, just, just be a bit more yeah. upfront about it. Like, even if you're saying it's at worst a month and he comes back yeah. in two weeks, cool but don't say it's oh it's just a couple of days or it's a week and yeah or you, you know, just longer. like yeah i think or you go like we he hasn't we haven't had him like assessed properly yet we just don't know at this stage yeah you know when we know we'll, we'll tell you when we know or whatever and just fully just avoid the question instead of just yeah. going oh yeah he's out for a week and then go well actually he's broken his leg so he's out for like yeah. 12 yeah, weeks yeah 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 <laughs> that's um, it yeah i get that but um yeah Weird, weird, weird time we are find ourselves in at the moment. With as you sort of were touching on before, we then talked about injuries. We we were we're in limbo. We we look pretty safe from relegation, um, and kind of safe from a promotion fight as well, um, which is a weird way to put it. But I yeah, I think I think I was saying off air like it, mathematically anything's still on the table, and I'm gonna just. L- let maths be my guide um, because I'd rather live in hope for the remaining yeah. 12 games of the season um, because why would I follow a football team? I didn't want to have some hope and, you know, ride, ride the, ride the ride really. Um, Cause if I just, just accept and you go, well, well we're probably not going to do it. 12 games left was just middle of the pack. Nothing's going to, well, well, why would I, I need something to motivate myself to get up every weekend at 2am to, to watch these games. Although we got a nice, nice time slot up this weekend so that'll be good 7am will be good yeah um, but yeah look i i think it's gonna be i think we'll be fine like it, i i probably realistically you know we'll finish 
somewhere similar to where we are now. I think there'll be a few disappointing losses. There'll be one or two inspiring wins, but I think we'll pick up enough points to do what needs to be done. I can't see us, you know, dropping like a stone down in down the table in the divisions. But um, I think, you know, the, the opposite is also, I mean, it get, pretty much, I guess, is that table highlighted. The opposite is also very unlikely to, to with especially with the run-in that we have with, I think, it's almost exclusively top half teams. In I think so. Running. I think it's I think it's just Swansea, Rotherham, and uh, I'm forgetting who the third one was. There was three relatively easy teams, and there's Blackburn, who who themselves are starting to pick up, and then yeah, the rest of them are pretty much top ten teams. So yeah, it's a tough run in, but um, I will dare to dream um, for at least a few more weeks until. You know, until maths fails me, but for now, I'm believing in maths. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk West Brom in a second, then, um, and we'll first do a round of Who Am I? If you're up for that, sure. Let's go. Alrighty. So I have made 85 appearances for City, and I've scored one goal. Eighty-five and one. And thankfully, Reeves. I'm not a striker. <laughs> uh, not a bad shout. Not a bad shout at all. Uh, no, it's not Jacob Graves. Um, I'll give you your second clue, and you'll see that you are quite in, in the right ballpark. Um, so I joined City in 2020. So that was the same season that Graves made his uh, City debut. Um, it's not It's not Graves, though. Um, and I'm still at the club, and I'm English. So, you know, you, you, you'd still be on that track. <laughs> I feel like I've just got to like, am I just like shifting over the back line a couple of spots maybe? <laughs> you might, might well be. Um, I, I feel, I'm going to feel like I'm going to make a fool of myself here, but my, I guess my next guess would be Alfie Jones then. And you would be correct. Yeah, it's Alfie Jones. 85 appearances, one goal for City, where the number five and play at centre-back. Yeah, Alfie Jones. Um, signed from Southampton. And I think it, from memory, initially, it was a one-year deal, which I suspect was because he was dropping down to League One and thought, well, well, let's just see how this goes. And it's worked out pretty well. Mm. I think because he first came in and it was, he was getting lots of run in that um, centre defensive mid as well. Yeah, that's right. In the yeah. centre of midfield. And then I think, was it an injury or something that sort of forced him there? must have been... Um... Because Reese Burke, Burke was still with us that season, wasn't he? Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe he when he left. Yeah, did he leave mid-season? I think he might have gone to Luton mid-season. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Because that's right. I'd actually completely forgotten um, about Jones playing midfield because he just doesn't do it much anymore. Because he would have been no. another option to when Sarri got injured um, to mm. shift him into that role and put Greaves back to centre back. But um, all the better for Simons. Mm. There you go. Okay, well, let's round things off then with a preview of that West Brom game. So as you said, we do have a nice uh, time slot for us Aussies at 7 a.m. Saturday morning. Um, it will be the day after my birthday, so I'll see whether I watch live or on replay. But thankfully, we'll have, um, um, with our streaming service over here, we'll have a replay up pretty soon after the game finishes to assist uh, with those of us who might sleep in. Um, so it's Carlos Corbran in charge of them after I think it was Steve Bruce in charge when they beat us 5-2 earlier in the season. Um, one of their only wins under Bruce this season, I suspect. 
Um, but yeah, it's been six wins in a row for West Brom against us. So it doesn't make for pretty reading when you reflect on um, clashes between the two sides. And they do have a wealth of attacking talent that we'll have to be wary of. Uh, Jed Wallace has been in pretty good form for them this season after his move from Millwall. Daryl DK um, took a while to get up and running with a couple of injuries of his own. Um, scored both goals in their win against Middlesbrough uh, last weekend, it was. Um, so they'll be they'll be a pretty stern test. I mean, we talk about the fact we've got a lot of top 10 sides in our run home and, and they're definitely one of them. Yeah, look, it's going to be... Um, an interesting, interesting game. This is going to be, I guess, yeah, it's the first of our the real tests in the remainder of the season. Um, I got it's sort of like it's reminiscent of you know we when we played Norwich, we go this is the test, and then we sort of failed that. And we're just now we're, I'm just looking for the next test. You go this is the test, this is the one. But um, yeah, interesting. Um, they've like I the comments that have come from, from Corbyn, like saying, basically, like Rogic, I'm just thinking of, of from yeah. an Australian point of view, Rogic, someone who goes, is essentially unlucky. He's not doing anything wrong when he when he's played. He's played really well, but can't make the first 11, can't make the bench, um, but is unlucky not to. And you're like, <laughs> what a position to be in. Yeah. Um, they don't seem to be, they've, they've I mean, they've got, they've got depth um, throughout the, just they're in a good they're in a position that i mean i envy in a way the the position they're in as a club really um while like realistically they should be they should be higher on the table they should be pushing you know um first and second probably but for what was a really poor start to the to the season um which they've done really sensationally well to recover from to the extent that they have um but, and because they're, they're really in the same bracket as like your Norwich and your Watfords where you say mm-hmm. like they're underperforming for their wage bill and their mm-hmm. you know, quality of depth, I suppose, in the squad. Um, but as you say, like the, the quality of player that can't even get into their match day squad just speaks to. Yeah, the, like a guy who won. How many trophies did he win at Celtic? Really? Yeah. 12 or something crazy, like an, an astronomical amount of trophies that he that he won at a big, you know, club playing you know, Champions League and, and all that sort of stuff. So he's a big signing to come in and, and not make the match day squads. Um, so especially when he came, like he came in and within a few games had scored goals and was getting assists and stuff. Like it's not like he wasn't performing. So yeah, um, yeah I think that's, they're, they're going to be real tough. Um, I probably wouldn't be surprised if they do sort of put a number on us again. <laughs> um, but as you said, they're, only two in their last five. They're not maybe in the best form. So uh, who knows if we, I think if we yeah. maybe Rosie gives us our boys a bit of a rev um, and we come out and, you know, very committed to the cause and it's everyone graphs and works and we fight out a nil all or jag a one nil or something. But I think it's going to, going to be one of those games. We're going to be set up really defensive and try and probably catch them on the counter or something. But, well, yeah, I mean, Rosinha got his one and only goal for City against West Brom. So uh, if he can rev them up against anyone, hopefully it's West Brom. Um, but, yeah, look, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting game from that perspective that um, if we are to get something out of the game, I think it could be a big morale boost um, to sort of turn around. It, it's felt like a mini form slump in, in the fact mm. that we've got no wins in the last four, even, even if there is two nil-nils in there. 
Um, yeah, as you sort of alluded to, that Norwich game is certainly like, I'd hope that Rosenia is basically looking at that and saying that, you know, that was a big test and we failed it. Let's put things right against West Brom. Um, so even if we just see I can improve performance and and that's mm-hmm. where I sort of look at, I, I take your point that we'll, it'll probably be quite a defensive lineup, but I also hope that we do give ourselves every chance of getting a result in this one and don't sort of just mm. write it off. Um, so like we were saying earlier, we'd love to see Tede up front with Oscar. Um, how else would you, is that sort of the main change you'd make to the side maybe, Tete in for Ebioe? Yeah, I think instead of playing it maybe like a 4-5-1 or four, like a 4-3-3, four, four, three, three, however you want to sort of look at it, probably just switching to a 4-4-2 four, four, and just having those two blocks that work really defensively. And then if you've got Tete and Oscar, both of those can hold it up or they can hold up and work together um, to at least allow, you know, the, those, those, the midfielders to, to work through. It just becomes then a question of how you slot in. I guess like maybe Slater would go maybe to one of those wide spots or something, but like how you then fit in Simons and uh, Doherty and all those sorts of those midfield puzzles sort of changes a bit. But I think something like that might um, work to our advantage um, just in that trying to just hold, hold shop. I think the, the idea of the four, three, three or whatever, having the five across the midfield in theory works, except there i just i don't know i just feel like we end up with like we just have with them we don't have any there's sort of no balance going forward we've either got the five block in the midfield or we end up with a three front line and sort of not the right balance um yeah i don't know if if that makes sense (laughs) yeah no no for sure It, it, it it and that's why i feel like I want us to be using these games. It was sort of saying earlier, but like I'd want to be using these games to, un- to, to find that right combination and not just sort of say, let's. Well, I th- let's also, I think of- we switched to like a 4 4 2 late yeah. in the game on the weekend anyway. I think when Tete so came on, we so went good. like, and we switched, sort of dropped some players around and went into that. So, so you'd almost uh, say, like, why not start this game with the, way, the, the, the lineup that we finished yeah. the last game? You know, Possibly, start yeah. Longman, start Tete. Um, uh, and basically have that as that, you know, you, maybe what you do is you would say, because what you'd have Longman and maybe a two fan as the two wide players um, with Simons and I want to say Doherty maybe centrally or Slater, maybe Simons and Slater mm. centrally. I, I, I don't know. I think um, Doherty might be due a rest. I yeah. Think. I, like, I honestly, he just was a bit meh on the weekend and it sort of looked like he needs a freshen up. And so sitting having the week and then sitting on the bench and playing 30 minutes late in the game or something might be good for Doherty this week. So I would suggest maybe uh, like, yeah, Longman, Tufan, and then Simons and Slater potentially in the middle, something like that would probably work um, pretty well. And I know we talked about injuries and not rushing players back. Ali did score in the under 21s uh, during the week. Hopefully means that he's up for a 10, 15 minute cameo off the bench. I probably wouldn't push him, for, certainly not for a start. Um, but you think, you know, if Traore gets, a, you know, half an hour under his belt mm. um, in this one, Ali gets some minutes off the bench. If Belkers really is only a week out injured, you start to, um, we say, as I said, we say it every week, but you start to have a lot mm. of players coming back from injuries now. Um, I think Connolly's due back after the international break as well. So um, 
it, it will be interesting to see how we line up. And I do hope that Rosinha, uh sort of does shift the formation or does shift the, the setup so that we can try and make the most mm. of those players because I think... You know, it, it will be interesting because Ajun did come in talking about wanting entertaining football and it's now four games with one goal and that mm. was a, essentially, I mean, it was the opener, the, but it was the other The other other option, just throwing it out there, would be to go with like a 5-3-2 and mm. slide Greaves inside as part of a back three, bring Elder potentially in as like the left wing back or, you know, or play Longman as left wing back or running yeah. back or something, that sort of job I don't think would mean, would mean that Tufan probably wouldn't start. I don't think that would suit him, but he potentially could start more centrally. Yeah, I was going to say you could throw him into that mid- middle three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, if you were wanting to, to block it off defensively, having five along the back would certainly um, certainly do that. And then you'd still have your wing backs as a, you know, to, to help with some forward impetus. Um, which would then allow as well as Simons to stay in that deep-lying playmaker role and not be sort of shifted into a flat, you know, a pairing in that in that middle. So I don't know another another alternative potentially, but um, I don't know which one I prefer because they did look quite good with in the four four two at the end of that game. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, score prediction for this one: uh, two one to West Brom. I'm going way more conservative yeah. than I probably think, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say two 0 West Brom. I I think at the moment we're just struggling to find our scoring boots. I, I really hope that I'm wrong on that one. Um, but it just feels like it feels like, uh, and I can't even pinpoint what what it is that's gone. I mean, I, it's probably Connolly. I guess is mm. is the answer of what's Injuries, gone out of the that's side. What's, that's um, what's happened. It's just the disruption. It's just the constant mm. churning of of the lineup and and not being able to settle. And and that's where. When we did beat, um, was it when we beat Wigan, I think? No, uh, what am I thinking? It's the two home wins in a row. So it was, was that Wigan? It was Wigan and Cardiff. Yeah. Back-to-back wins where we kept the same 11 and you sort of thought, great, we're getting this consistency. We're getting this um, confidence. Oh, no, it was QPR, I think, was at home, the home win. And you think we're getting this consistency of performance now. Um, And then Connolly got injured and it all sort of started to unravel. Which is a shame. Um, yeah. But look, yeah, sorry, you go. Oh, I was just saying, that I think Connolly does offer something different to Oscar and Tete in that strike, in that he's got, you know, re- like he's reasonably pacey and wants to get in behind, whereas both Tete and Oscar are more sort of the hold up players. Mm. Um, they don't as much work to get in behind. They're looking to come to and receive and play others off. So. I think they work well together, but I think having yeah Connolly's was stretching defenses and allowing you know other players to to do that work because he was looking to get in behind and and pulling you know interest off of you know Oscar for example. But um, yeah. he has he has actually really been missed where which was interesting because there was a, the some of the comments around him coming like he's got there's very mixed reviews. Um, when we signed Connolly, some people were saying he's great, and then others were because he had a pretty dry spell in Italy. I think it was yeah before he came. They were they went useless, and I'm just, but he's been well, he's been a pretty bright spark since he arrived for us. It's, been, it's 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 funny how those perceptions work because Ebioe came in with such a high reputation mm-hmm. and Connolly with such a low reputation. It's uh, sort of been a role reversal. 
Yes. Uh, and was, it, know, was, it, was, was it yourself posing the question a few weeks ago about whether we'd yeah, sign Connor? And, I think so. And yeah, I think, I, 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 think I, I cursed him, didn't I? Because I said, like, what if yeah. he doesn't score another goal? Yeah, well, so it's yeah. Com- commentator's curse. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, look, hopefully he's back um, sooner rather than later. Hopefully we can get that result against West Brom as well. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for joining me, Dan. Not a problem. I'm always uh, available just about keen to come on and chat some football so too easy and and thanks everyone for uh for listening in um hopefully we do have a bit more excitement still to come this season um before it ends in a couple of months um and we'll be here to talk about it each and every week so until next time come on city You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back cause you're out